Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back, beautiful people. This is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielpour. And I just wanted to start off by saying thank you so much to all of our listeners. We're so incredibly appreciative of the time that you spend listening to us. And thank you for the feedback, because this is the reason why we do what we do um, and how we come up with these topics. And, um, you know, today I think we've got one that's not... Uh, a particularly great topic to talk about, but I think it should be addressed. It's uh, definitely been in the news and we see some of these issues and I want all of our patients and for people out there to be uh, well informed about the liquid rhinoplasty. Absolutely. And again, this is a, a very common thing. It's done regularly. It's done by qualified individuals. And it's done by people that don't know what they're doing. And we're here to talk to you about it to kind of, it's one of these buyer beware, just so you know that as simple as it sounds, it may lead to significant problems. Mm -hmm. And so what we are referring to with the liquid rhinoplasty are uh, potential uh, blindness, potential pitfalls, you know, uh, and today we'll kind of go over give you some of the basics behind it. I'm going to, again, I, I know that we've spoken about uh, liquid rhinoplasty in one of our previous podcasts, um, but the idea is now we're going to talk about the potential pitfalls, why they happen, what to look for, and so you, just to be well-informed, to make sure that this is truly what you want to do, okay? Um, as a rhinoplasty specialist and uh, your rhinoplasty surgeon, the idea is... Um, you know, the nose is very complex. We have blood vessels. We, so we'll go from the outside. Skin, fat, connective tissue, blood vessels, bone, cartilage, and mucosa. You put all those things together, and especially with different proportions, uh, all bets are off. And so this becomes one of the most challenging surgeries there are, and thus uh, why the liquid rhinoplasty has become so popular. Now, I'm sure many of you have seen on Instagram or TikTok where you see a profile and all of a sudden the hump is gone, the nose has changed, and it looks very cute. Uh, the interesting part, I will tell you, uh, is that most of those photos on TikTok and things like that from some of the nurse injectors, they aren't showing you all of the angles and likely for a reason. Um, but can you get a great result 
in this, this select individual? Yes, you can. So first of all, I'm going to talk about, you know, the uh, essentially those who are candidates for the liquid rhinoplasty. Uh, we'll talk about the anatomy of the area in question and then where things can go wrong and uh, hopefully how to avoid them, you know, for your surgeon. And then if, God forbid, something happens, how it can be addressed uh, to, you know, help mitigate the risk of it being coming permanent. So um, the liquid rhinoplasty, which is hyaluronic acid injections into the nose, it essentially is, uh, you know, an alternative for those individuals. And this is the, the four indications are really this one. It is to raise a drooping tip. Now, what that means is the drooping tip of the nose. If you want to raise this up, uh, you can inject <clears throat> into the nose and it almost serves as a, a strut graft. And so what it'll do is because it's filling up, it's almost like uh, the features of a half empty balloon. It's where it will, you know, the balloon sags. And as you fill it up, it raises. OK, and so uh, that's one indication. The second if to uh, smooth out the dorsal hump. So the hump on the nose. And really, this is only if you have a very deepened, what we call radix. This is the area between the eyes. And so if you don't have a deep radix and you have a dorsal hump and you put filler up near the top of the nose between the eyes, it will look very Greco-Roman. So where your nose will essentially, it looks like it's uh, the takeoff is uh, from the forehead. The third reason or indication for uh, liquid rhinoplasty is to fill in contour irregularities. Let's say you see a tiny little split in between the tip of the nose. We call that bosse, uh, B-O-S-S-A, um, and that's really the configuration of the cartilage. Uh, you can smooth that out just by adding filler. Um, let's say you've already had a previous rhinoplasty and you just don't like one little dent in the nose. Well, then you go ahead and fill it in with filler and it becomes naturally smooth. The last indication is really to try to give the illusion that a crooked nose is a little straighter. And for someone who's got a very narrow nose and it slants a little bit to one side, you can add filler to the opposite side and all of a sudden the nose looks straight. Um, you know, again, these are very, these are key indications, but they're also very select. So someone coming in with a very large nose, uh, and a hump on there and, uh, they don't meet some of the criteria. They'll say, okay, I just want a liquid rhinoplasty. Well, I'm sorry. That's not going to work for you because the anatomy is not, uh, it doesn't justify adding volume. Remember we're adding volume, which inherently means that something is going to get bigger. All right. Now, the majority of what you want to get bigger, in quotes, is going to be inside the nose so you don't really see it. But it doesn't always work out that way. Um, so now what fillers should be used? Um, I definitely wouldn't use anything like Radius. Radius is, uh, you know, calcium hydroxyapatite. And that, um, you know, the idea is we lay it on bone. Um, you know, I, I think I would avoid that. And, th and the reason for that is because I'll talk about some of the complications and, um, you know, you'll, you'll get an idea why. Um, so as far as what fillers, I would stick with the hyaluronic acid 
and uh, you know whether or not uh, the the surgeon or physician chooses to use a volumizer versus a tiny, very thin liquid. Um, you know, maybe a thinner hyaluronic acid to fill in tiny little contours, a thicker one that would be for uh, filling up the radix or adding the tip, uh, you know, strut. Um, you know, so I would definitely stick to hyaluronic acids. If we look at the anatomy of the nose, and so um, there are, it's, it, it, we call it a closed loop circulation. That means that there's blood supply that goes into the nose and it doesn't come out. Now, what does that mean to the average person? That means if you were to cut off some of the blood supply to the nose, it will die. And this is where some of the potential pitfalls occur, okay? Now, uh, as physicians, when we are doing this training, we have to look at, again, look at the anatomy, and it's really the vascular anatomy. So you already, you need to know the cartilaginous and bony anatomy because you need to know where you can stick your needle. Otherwise, you're going to end up sticking that right through the nose and uh, they're going to get gel inside. Uh, you know, it's just not proper placement. We always want to stick closer to the midline, and I'll tell you why. There are uh, several what we call arcades of blood vessels. So we have the supraorbital and supratrochlear arteries that are up above the, the inner aspect of the eyebrow. We have the lateral nasal artery, which runs along the sides of the nose. And then we have the dorsolateral nasal arteries, the labial arteries, uh, and we have infraorbital arteries. And these all communicate uh, you know, at the bottom of the nose. The columellar artery is a branch off of the labial arteries. And so these arteries are all kind of a, a closed little system. Now, unfortunately, as you get up closer to in between the eyes by the radix, we call it the glabellar region. And so for those of you who say, oh, here, I want you to fill in the wrinkles in between my eyes. I urge you to try Botox first because this is where we see the highest amount of complications. So when you inject these areas... <clears throat> The potential is for you to either. So here's what happens. We take a needle and imagine that we are injecting blindly. We don't see all of the blood vessels. We can't see through. And even if you had one of those vein finders, um, it, it still doesn't show you the potential depth. You can try to avoid it, but let's say it's in your field. That's where you want to go. Um, the What we recommend are short little bursts of, uh, of volume and you're constantly moving your needle. Now, the reason why we're doing that, and I, I, you know, sometimes I recommend not going with the tiniest needle, you know, maybe a 27 gauge as opposed to a 33 gauge, uh, because what we're finding is that not only is it easier for a tiny little uh, needle to get inside a blood vessel, but it also packs more punch as far as, you know, when we look at physics, there is much more pressure of that filler coming out of a tiny needle than there is out of a larger one. And as physicians, you know the feeling when you've got a large needle, you can push that hyaluronic acid in in a second. Whereas if you've got a 33 gauge needle, you're gonna provide a lot of resistance or you're gonna your feedback will be a lot of resistance and it's harder for you to do that. So um, I think, so that's really the issue on um, you know, where we can get into trouble. We call them vascular events. And so 
as you penetrate inside the lumen, inside the tube of a, an artery, you, and you sl- if you don't move your needle and you slowly uh, you know, hit that plunger, you're going to fill up the inside of the artery. Well, if that happens, you've now cut off your blood supply. Don't go anywhere. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Break. At, at f- f- immediately, the physician should be able to see it. It almost looks like a white arborization or a tree-like pattern, and it happens in an instant. You'll see it turn white, and then it will stay white. Um and you should pucker up a little bit because uh, unless you treat it correctly, you're going to run into some serious issues. Now, up in the glabella, one of the most feared complications is <clears throat> blindness. And the reason for that is because some of these arteries, if you give them enough pressure, it hits the orbital artery or the retinal artery. And once that's clogged, you've now lost vision. You've lost blood supply to the back end of the eye. So... Um, You know, we'll say at a minimum, when you see that arborization or the white flash, um, immediately what you need to do is warm the area. Sometimes we add uh, nitro paste and you will immediately inject the area with hyaluronidase. That will break down any of the, uh, you know, the product. And what we don't want to do is for the, the tiny little vessel to constrict because that will just make the, the issue worse. Um, now, uh, for those injectors out there, uh, the more you do, you know that you run into these problems. Not necessarily blindness. Again, that's one in a uh, hundred thousand or more. Um, but the idea is that um, that these potential things can happen. Um, and, and realistically, this you know, for sorry, that would be one in a million or more. Yeah, I mean, I the the chances of this, of this stuff happening in a trained hand are very very slim. However. One of the best injectors in the world had a problem that has done more injections that, that basically was the person who, who got some of the fillers approved. And again, I'm not here to name names, but it can happen, and this is something you have to understand. But if you go to somebody who does enough of these and understands the anatomy, then the chances are, are very low. Now, let's not talk as much about the complications, but I'm going to talk about candidates and who can do a liquid rhinoplasty. You do a ton of surgical rhinoplasties. And it's interesting because a lot of people are like, I don't know if I want to do an operation or not. Here are my questions. And they're really kind of, you know, good for people out there that are considering this because it can give them an idea of what their nose will look like. Now, um, I know you gave the indications, but what if I came to you and I have a nose, my nose is just too big and I want to make my nose smaller. Is there anything you can do with filler? Um, no, I mean, again, this, this goes back to what I was talking about earlier. There are really four indications. That is, you know, uh, raising a drooping tip, filling up the radix, um, you know, kind of filling in contour regularities, and then trying to s- give the illusion that the nose is straighter. Those are really the only, compli- uh, the only uh, indications, and we know that we're adding volume. 
So if we're trying to reduce or have a reductive effect, uh, it's just not happening when you add filler. So remember that that's also the same thing that if you have really thick skin, like sometimes what happens is when you have a rhinoplasty, Dr. Lakey will not only change the structure of the nose on the inside, but also thin some of the skin to make it so you can really see then what has been done underneath mm -hmm. those subtle tip defining points things like that where you know a liquid rhinoplasty cannot do you have to understand there are certain limitations to this um, and if you have a bigger nose you can't make it smaller yeah. if you have a really thick skin you can't really make a difference um, and a couple of other questions generally speaking how long does this last so, you know, again, when it comes to fillers, the companies always say 9 to 12 months. But when you look at the areas of the face that are injected, we obviously know there's variability. When you, when you inject the lips, because we talk, eat, uh, you know, we're constantly animating, it, sometimes the product lasts much less. So it's a, for a shorter period of time. In the nose, you know, it's not like we're wiggling it around or moving it. It's not really involved as much, uh, you know. Now... For someone who has a very active, what we call depressor septa nasi muscle, so that's when you smile and the tip of the nose drops, um, that's where you may work your way through some more product. But normally, this should last for at least 12 months. Great. And, and how long does it normally take for you to do? And is it really painful? Usually what happens is we put a topical anesthetic for at least 30 minutes prior. And so, you know, that definitely takes the edge off. Then the procedure itself takes less than five minutes. And we're slowly sculpting and shaping the nose. Again, we're putting small volumes each time because the last thing that we want to do is add a ton of volume, increase pressure, and then squeeze off the blood supply. That's another way that you can run into an issue. If you add too much volume to the nose, especially the tip of the nose, if you create pressure, you imagine the nose is, you know, your, your skin is there. There's only so much room you can put stuff in. And if I keep filling a balloon, what happens? It pops. Well, your tip of your nose isn't going to do that. But what it will do is it will squeeze off all the little blood, the blood vessels to make room for that, for that filler. So, you, you know, the idea is you're there for five minutes. We're slowly sculpting uh, the nose and adding little bits of volume because we want to see how your nose reacts. And, and what happens if you hate the results? The good part is that you can use hyaluronidase to, to chew up the product. I mean, the idea is, um, you know, you want to give your surgeon a pretty good idea of what you're looking for to see if it's even in the realm of possibilities. Show them a picture. Say, uh, you know, I have so many patients that come in, they've already used some type of morphing device, and they say, this is ideally what I would like, you know. And so I'll take a look at it and say, all right, listen, this is not possible with filler, and you would need a rhinoplasty. Uh, but if it is, we can go ahead and create something like that. We, the last thing you want is to say, hey, go ahead, you know, Take it. I, I go ahead. I trust you. Do whatever you want, and then find out afterwards that uh, you guys were on two different pages. And generally speaking, is there downtime? What's the recovery like? If somebody wants to do this and, and go to a party the next day, do you recommend it? How, how does this work? Sure. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm a I'm a stickler for if people have events. I wouldn't do it the week before because uh, you know what if there's excess redness or swelling or you don't like it or something like that so give yourself a couple weeks before an event um the the recovery process is relatively easy i mean the not only do we put the topical anesthetic but the injectable has a uh, an anesthetic within it and so um 
you know, as we're injecting, the nose goes numb. And then we can slowly shape the nose and you'll be uh, completely comfortable. Um, I think that as far, you may swell for a few days. Some people swell for up to a week. Um, you know, it really depends on the product used, how much product is placed. But, uh, you know, I would plan for having some swelling for the first five to seven days. Um, you know, then, uh, you know, is it very uncomfortable? No, listen, you, your nose may ache a little bit, but if you need to take some Tylenol, it usually should suffice. The one thing I will say about a liquid rhinoplasty is, and this is something that everyone's probably curious about, is is cost. And and every every practice is different. We're in Beverly Hills. It's our cost is going to be different than than wherever you are. But um, the one thing I will say, Dr. Lakey just said, normally putting filler in the nose lasts for about a year. Okay, let's just say. Well, let's say you love it. You're going to have to come back and do it every single year. Mm -hmm. Imagine you just have a rhinoplasty and you don't have to inject your nose every single year. So what I'm trying to say is chances are if you love it and it can be done surgically, your costs over time is actually going to be significantly lower just having an operation than having fillers. So it's something to think about. If you love it, you can always be like, hey, this is exactly want this is exactly what I want for my surgery. Can you do what you did with the filler with my surgery? And therefore, I don't have to come back once a year and do this. And after, who knows, six or seven years, your cost, or maybe 10 years, your costs are going to be more than it would be if you just had a surgical rhinoplasty. Yeah, I mean... Listen, I, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, it was um, it was all the rage out in the Hamptons. There was someone in New York that was injecting saline into breasts. Mm -hmm. And it would only last for the weekend, but people were spending $1,500, $2,000 just for the weekend to have breasts. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Right? Really crazy. And, um, you know, <laughs> but the one important thing that it did oh. do was show you what it would look like if you added a certain number, of, a certain uh -huh. bit of volume. Yep. So the good part about the liquid rhinoplasty is that it, it will show you the potential. I have a feeling that the rhinoplasty will always look better because um, we're using natural anatomy. Sometimes when you add filler, it, it leads to a slightly rounded look. Um, but if you're looking for structure, that's where the rhinoplasty really wins. So and I the, think, go know, ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say it's a, it's a great alternative. You know, I had one patient of ours, uh, I think we did a combo case rhinoplasty and you did a breast augmentation. She had something like two or three cc's of, uh, of hyaluronic acid injected over the course of a year and a half into her nose and she was never going to achieve what she wanted to. So I was, frankly, I was surprised that the injector did it. But, um, you know, it was interesting as I was performing the rhinoplasty and you see some of the gel spilling out, um, you know, it gives you a pretty good idea of what you're dealing with afterwards. So the one take home today, this is a, a relatively simple, simple procedure for Dr. Lakey to do. I do it every now and then for people if they want it. Um, but all of these injectables, whether you're doing threads or you're doing injections into areas, they all have possible pitfalls and complications. Mm -hmm. You have to be very, very, very careful. And some of these complications can be lifelong complications that we talked about earlier. If you get necrosis of the skin of the tip of your nose, it's a disaster. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're reconstructive surgeons, so I can tell you, you may need to have a flap from your forehead to fix it. You may, it, and again, hopefully not. But these are things that we need to think about. And the key to it is going to somebody who knows the anatomy, who is board certified in their field, whether it's dermatology or plastic surgery or whether it's a nurse injector, 
and they do this regularly. Ask for some pictures. Go to somebody who's had a friend that's gone there. Things like that. Because what Dr. Lakey talked about and those potential complications, yes, we've taken care of people that have sent people here after injecting them and really, for lack of a better word, freaking out, going, oh my God, what's going on? And we've helped them get through this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is something that you have to be very careful with because a lot of practitioners around this country are doing a lot of cosmetic work, work because it helps them pay for their life. Because as a doctor, whether they're family practice or internist or whatever they do, they may not make a significant amount of money, so they will turn to a cosmetic procedure. Sometimes they don't have the type of training for it, and it could be a big problem. Yeah, so these all seem easy until you have a complication. So if there's then anything you take away from this, yeah. like just be careful um, and, and go, to, go to people that have done this for a long time. And even if they have, there's still a potential problem that can arise. So again, just be very careful. Um, but this is something, a liquid rhinoplasty, something that can really look great and work very well for the select individual. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, listen, uh, again, it's not that we're deterring you from doing these procedures, but we want you to be educated on knowing whether or not you're, you are a candidate for this because there are select indications. Um, and then to know some of the potential pitfalls that can occur. I mean, you have to be well-informed. I think long gone are the days where you say, hey, it's not my fault. Uh, you know, I didn't know anything about it. We're trying to teach you as much as we can. You're injecting into an area that you cannot see. It's blind. And it, the scary part is, the difference between one millimeter can make the difference between us injecting into the right area and injecting into a blood vessel. And so, uh, you know, again, you got to go to someone who's trained in the anatomy, who's uh, board certified because they know how to handle potential pitfalls and complications. That is what you want. You don't want to go to the cheapest when you're trying to find something for your face. You just, you just don't. All right. Uh, hopefully you learned something today. Thank you so much for listening to us. Please continue sending in your feedback. Once again, this is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. I'm Dr. Payman Danielpour. We'd appreciate it if you were enjoying the show to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. You can keep listening to us anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Peace. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.